be the best. I want to be the best. Simple and plain. That's why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. I know you guys are wondering where Junior is. Junior couldn't make it to to this week's episode, but it's all good because we got a very, very special guest with us here today. We got a very special collab for the first time with the Hang Time Headlines podcast. We're very excited to have you on. Lucas, how you doing, man? Oh, yeah, John. Hyped to be on. Hyped to be here. Very excited to work with Clutch Talk. We were talking about this before we started recording. One of our first collabs, one of your first collabs, kind of building the brand, get the name out there. Got to do my part. Hang time headlines. Toss us a follow on Instagram. We'll follow you back. Like, comment, subscribe. We're trying to run it up. But yeah, excited to get this interview, this collab going. Just hype. Exactly, man. We're, we're we're really excited. So uh, today, what we got uh, what we got on the agenda is we got we got a little up, up down report. So what I'm planning on doing with you today, Lucas, is just giving you a couple of different topics, and you let me know if you're up and down on it. You could elaborate if you want, or just move on to the next one. You ready to do it? Yeah, let's get after it. All right, let's do it. So the first one, Lucas, are you up or down on the Lakers' repeat chances this year? Oh man, that's a loaded question, especially being from LA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm up on it, you know. I have to say, I think people always sleeping on LeBron James. He's one of the goats, MVP type season every single year for LeBron. I know he's a little hurt right now, but if he's back, they get that healthy. I saw AD's been back recently, and he's started to play a little bit better. I like some of their depth pieces. I like the move for Dennis Schroeder this off season. I think people are really sleeping on the Lakers. The one thing though that has not been talked about enough is in this NBA playoffs. The Lakers might be at a disadvantage just in terms of capacity. I mean, home field advantage is such a key in the playoffs. We saw it last year with the bubble. You got a Lakers team that might be matching up against the Dallas Mavericks, for example. You know, Dallas, full stadium, no mask. They don't care about COVID. That's going to be a tough place to play versus L.A. Staples Center, where you maybe got 5,000 fans that can enter. I'm never going to get bet against LeBron, so I'm up on the Lakers, but I think people are not really thinking about how much home court advantage is really going to impact the playoffs, especially in some of these cities where you're going to be having series with sold out fans on one end and 2000 people on the other. Yeah, that, that, that most definitely is going to make a difference. You know, if the fans are rocking, the players are, are, are bound, are bound to be rocking. The, the fans are buying them, man. You know, players always play 10 times better, but like how you said, you know, I cannot bet against LeBron. So I'm, 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 a, I'm up on the Lakers repeat chances, but the, the another thing that I did want to mention is, you know, I want to see how the Lakers are going to be able to put it all together with Drummond, AD and Braun. Although, you know, Braun is one of the greatest players of all time. He can mess with, Drummond and anybody else but I do want to see them be able to put it together actually because when Drummond and AD played together for the first time it, it, it took a little bit of meshing so I definitely want to see if that's if that's going to be a, a bump in the road for them or not yeah and I think it's really interesting you talk about Andre Drummond he hasn't been everything that they might have thought about early on but I think come playoff time it's going to be a huge to have that second body. I mean, even if he only fills like a Dwight Howard role similar to last year, that's going to be big time for the Lakers. And like I said, you can't bet against LeBron. Just can't do it. <laughs> for real, man. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Lucas, are you up or down on Curry's MVP chances this year, man? You know, I'm so happy you asked me this. We are talking about it a little bit before the show, and I've been preaching Steph Curry for MVP. If it's yeah? not him... 
if it's not him, I like Chris Paul, okay? So I don't want to okay. hate on Chris Paul. I think he's done great things, never won an MVP. You just see the impact he has in Phoenix from a leadership perspective. All of that makes a lot of sense. And I understand that the MVP award in the NBA isn't per se most valuable player, you know? A lot of it is stats and storylines. We've seen conversations with Jokic, for example, who's fallen again, but is he valuable? Is he the most valuable thing in Denver? I think you look at this Warriors team and – they would have won 10, 15 games without Steph. I mean, we saw it last year. They were god-awful without Steph Curry down the stretch. And all of a sudden, they're in playoff contentions, maybe 10, 9 seed. Steph's dropping like 40 a game. How is he not the most valuable player? You take him off that team, and they're a lottery team. Without him, they're scary in the playoffs. That's a team speaking of the Lakers and their championship run. I promise you, the Lakers want no part of Steph Curry and the Warriors, and neither does the rest of the Western Conference because Steph's one of those players who can single-handedly take over a game, take over a series. He's my MVP this year, without a doubt, in terms of most valuable player. But it is the NBA, so I could definitely see Jokic or someone else with the better stats, the better story, the team that is higher up in the standings too. It's hard to give an MVP to a nine or a 10 seed, especially in this expanded playoff format. So I think there's a lot of different factors there, but for me personally, just based on value, Steph Curry, 100% the MVP. So, yeah. So you, yeah, as you mentioned, like, I, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. You know, the Warriors are right now in, in 10th place in that loader Western conference. So realistically do like, although you, you may, you may feel that he's the MVP. Like, do you think that he'll end up getting it because he's in, unfortunately in, in, in that 10th seat? How do you feel about that? I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think Chris Paul is going to get it either because just the way the NBA works. I mean, we were talking about LeBron a couple minutes ago. He should probably have like five or 10 MVPs. It's just, man, <laughs> simply the best player doesn't get the MVP or the most valuable player doesn't get the MVP. It's often, as I mentioned, the storyline, how good your team is. It's not just strictly based on value. So I like Steph Curry to get the MVP. If I had a vote, which I don't, I would give it to him, but I don't think Steph's going to win the MVP, unfortunately, because the Warriors just, I mean, they'd have to be a top four, top five seed at the very least for him to be considered and be talked about like that. Okay. Okay. So, so personally you're up on his chances, but realistically you're down on, on those chances for him to get MVP. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Are you up or down on the Sixers making it out of the East? Oh, that's a loaded question. And I think I'm going to have to go down. I like the Sixers. I like what they've done. I think doc rivers has been huge for that team. Being a big Celtics fan rep in Boston, Something we knew early on is that Doc Rivers can coach and that Brett Brown could not. He clearly wasn't getting the best out of Joel Embiid. He wasn't getting the best out of Ben Simmons. That was a move that they had to make, I would argue, a couple years ago. So to just see the energy that comes with Doc Rivers, not to mention the experience come playoff time. He's been there. He's done that. You're talking about Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, players that haven't gone on that huge playoff run yet. So I like their potential. But at the end of the day, if the Nets can play well together, there's no beating them. Maybe Kyrie's going to walk off the flat earth. Who knows? But if he can keep (laughs) his head in the game, KD is just one of those players who somehow works with everyone. And Harden, before this injury, was in talks about the MVP. He seemed like a favorite. So I just think that team is way too loaded at the top. No one's going to get by the Nets. But I'm not going to discount the Sixers completely. So I'm down on it. And I'm down in particular on them making a finals run, but Eastern Conference finals could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I I, I definitely am excited. I I really want to see that 76ers versus Ness Eastern Conference finals because – 
because because the, the Nets have they have the backcourt they have the ultimate backcourt but when but Joel Embiid he's been playing ridiculous having this MVP type season and as we know like the Nets definitely struggle to guard big men like that and Joel Embiid being one of the most dominant big men is definitely bound to give them tons of trouble but I agree with you I I would have to go down on the Sixers making it out of the East only because of that guy Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie. I mean, they're just some of the best players in the NBA. And I think another thing that's kind of not talked about as much is that, you know, the Nets were looking for a big man around the trade deadline. They end up bringing in LaMarcus Aldridge, all of a sudden some health issues, and there's their, there goes their big man. I mean, they were thinking Andre Drummond too. Andre Drummond ends up going to the Lakers because the Nets, you know, go their other way with Aldridge. That is going to maybe come back to bite them. They're not going to have that elite big man that can, you know, floor run, rim run, dunk, protect the hoop all the good stuff that Andre Drummond does and will bring to the Lakers. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. So let's move, let's move on to the next topic. Are you up or down on LaMelo ball getting rookie of the year, even though he's missed much time, he missed a lot of time. LaMelo's ball. He's played 41 games this year versus Anthony Edwards. Who's played 63. So are you up or down on LaMelo ball still being rookie of the year? I'm up on LaMelo Ball being Rookie of the Year. LaVar Ball might have been not too hot about Lonzo. I know he was all over Lonzo going to be Rookie of the Year. Lonzo going to be this. Lonzo going to be that. Hasn't panned out quite the way everyone thought. LaMelo Ball, that kid can absolutely play. And a big thing for me is winning. I'm a competitive guy. I like winners. The Charlotte Hornets were really kind of fringe playoff team the last couple years. Ken believes everyone kind of wonders about their future. LaMelo has the Hornets playing well. They wiped my Celtics a couple nights ago. Looked like a scary team. So I can't hate on that. When I look at Anthony Edwards, he's having a great year. Stats are good. Clearly making an impact on the floor. But the Timberwolves, with all that talent, just have to be a disappointment to me. I mean, you got D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. If you add another top five pick this year, all of a sudden you're looking at pretty much an entire starting five made of lottery picks. So to just be where they're at in the standings, I think has to be a huge disappointment for the Timberwolves and for Minnesota as a whole. I mean, that's a team that has seemingly been on the rise for the last five years now that just has not been able to get over the hump. You know, Lucas, I agree. Like I, off camera, you know, when I talk to my friends about basketball, I always I always say I don't understand why two teams are bad. I don't understand why the Wolves are bad and why the Indiana Pacers. They both have rosters who fill out who actually have good players who can actually complement each other, but yet don't win. The Pacers stand in, in ninth place in the Eastern Conference, and the Wolves are like in last almost every single year. So, I'm, you know, I'm really happy you said that, Lucas, because I, I feel you on that. <laughs> I'm with you too on the Pacers. I've been kind of wondering myself why they haven't been able to take that next step. And I think Karis Levert is a name to keep an eye on. That dude can absolutely ball. Give him a couple more years in that system. Could be a scary thing up in Indiana. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So let's move on to, let's move on to this next topic. Lucas, are you up or down on us finally getting a Lakers versus Clippers Western conference finals? Oh man. I want to say I'm up on it because that's just what everybody wants. That's what we've all been waiting for. We want the Battle of L.A. But after last year, I was so disappointed when it didn't happen. So I think the pessimist in me is just going to say, nah, we're not getting it. They're not going to do us like that. I wish the basketball gods from, you know, up in the heavens, up in the sky would give us a gift like that. But I just think 
it's not happening. One of those teams will fall off. I like the Lakers. I also like the Clippers too. So, you know, my, my head, my brain is saying, yeah, these are the two best teams. They're going to meet up, but it's the NBA play, play, but it's the NBA playoffs. There's always some upsets. There's always some funky things happening. So I am out on the battle of LA, unfortunately. You're out on now. Okay. Okay. And then are you up or down on the Bucks actually being a true playoff contender? Because the last few years we've seen that, you know, the NBA playoffs uh, basketball and regular season basketball is two different basketball. You know, the court, the court gets a lot smaller and they have time to reel in on one player. And we saw that Giannis, when you build that wall and you play and you play the way to stop him, Giannis doesn't really have a counter to that. So do you think that the Bucks are really true playoff contenders this year? No, I don't. And I love Giannis. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I think loyalty in the NBA is something you don't see often. Bradley Beal, another player that I am just surprised he's still in Washington. And now I'm rooting for the Wizards. I'm rooting for Beal because I like to see that in the NBA, a league of movement. With Giannis, it's clear he loves Milwaukee. He loves the fans there. He plays hard for the city. He's talked about spending his entire career there. Signed the huge Supermax this offseason. But like you mentioned, you build that wall against Giannis, and it's not like the Bucks will struggle throughout the entire game. But in those last couple of minutes, when the game really slows down, you start to move into the half court. All of a sudden, you need a jump shot, and that's just something that Giannis can't give you. We've seen it time and time again with Chris Middleton. He's a great player, maybe a perfect third option, I'd say, on a championship-type team, but he isn't that great second piece that you need. He's not going to hit that big shot. Same goes to Drew Holiday. Love him. Gritty player. Great defensively. But I just don't think they have enough to get it done. I think Milwaukee's still missing that one piece. And part of me ever wonders if Giannis can be a true number one for that reason. You know, maybe it's similar to AD where he needs to be a 1A. You're not qualifying him as a two. He's not a two on a team, you know, but he kind of needs that other player that can get his shot. That's been there. That's done that. And I think it's going to be up to the Bucks to bring that type of player in before, you know, Giannis starts to get older and maybe ring chase after he hasn't won for the first half of his career. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, so as we, as, as, as we wrap up here, let me ask you these last two, are you up or down on the wizards chances to make the playoffs because right now they sit in the 10th seed but as we know they are hot they're scorching hot they're like the Knicks right now they're on this nine game win streak so are you up or down on the Wizards making the playoffs I'm up on them making the playoffs for sure I think Russ is going hard right now and you know Russell Westbrook can't always get done can't always get done in the playoffs I really I love watching him on the court. I think he's one of the most dynamic players, maybe my favorite player, honestly, to watch an NBA game. If I was going to pay my money to go to a random regular season game, I kind of want to watch Rush because I know he's going to go hard every single play. And that's what he's been doing. I don't think, you know, they have a great future there in Washington. I think they still got some pieces they got to move, but I'm in on them making the playoffs. And especially when you look at some of the teams they're competing against. I mean, do we really believe in the Bulls, the Raptors, and the Cavaliers? It feels like, you know, at, at the same time, it's like they'd almost be losing their way out of the playoffs if they didn't make it, whereas a lot of people are like, oh, they're hot, they're going on this run. I think it's almost a blown operation if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, so for, for, for you, it's more it's, – it's the Wizards' uh, playoffs to lose. Exactly, exactly. 
Okay. Okay. So my guy, Lucas, so you, you, you mentioned that, you know, you're a big Boston fan, big Celtics fan. So my, my, my question to you is, you know, that both the Celtics and the heat uh, are tied at 30 at 30, 32 and 30 and the Celtics on the tiebreaker. Uh, and that puts him in sixth place, the last place before you got to play a playing game. So my brother answer this, man, are you up or down on the Celtics staying in that sixth seed? Or do you think that the heat are going to be able to pull it off? Or is it another team that's going to be able to sneak from even, even further to come up to that sixth seed? How do you feel about that? I like the Celtics to keep that sixth seed right now. Not because I like how the Celtics are playing. Yes, they've been better down the stretch. It seems like Tatum has finally started to pick it up defensively and really do more things offensively than just score the basketball, you know, be a distributor, move when you don't have the ball, for example, has been a big thing that he's been up to. But Celtics schedule down the stretch ain't too hard. I think that they're going to hang in there, but they do have a lot of questions going forward. I mean, this being my team, team that I watch on a night-to-night basis, I'm going to just have to go off for a minute. you got issues in the front office. You know, you've, you're taking all of these first-round picks over the last couple of years that aren't panning out, so much so where this past year you literally had to trade Desmond Bain for two firsts, for two second-round picks, which is unacceptable. I mean, that's a good shooter. That's a player that the Celtics could use, and you, you had to trade that pick on draft night for two seconds to the Grizzlies because you did not have – the slots on your roster to bring in a rookie like that because it's filled with players like Semi Ojale, Carson Edwards, Traymond Waters. I love you, bro. You're from LSU, but you shouldn't be on the Celtics right now. You're not a big league player. I'm sorry to say it. Romeo Langford hasn't developed yet. Aaron Neesmith's been a bust. The list just goes on. So it's really, they're hurting in the draft. Coaching-wise, it seems like Brad Stevens is struggling to get the message through. They were really lacking this season until Perkins you know, made that comment on Twitter about how he was expecting more out of Tatum. And that really seemed to light a fire under Jason Tatum's butt. So if Kendrick Perkins is getting a better message across the Celtics locker room than Brad Stevens, that's a problem, especially when you've got Brad Stevens locked up for six more years. And then when you just get to the actual players on the court, you know, when Kemba Walker has a good game, the Celtics team can absolutely make a run. They have all the potential in the world, but the facts are Kemba Walker has been horrible this year Marcus Smart brings that grit defensively but he doesn't have enough offensively they're lacking big men as well I've liked what I've seen from Robert Williams but they just don't have that piece they gave away Gordon Hayward in the offseason for nothing instead of taking back Miles Turner Aaron Holiday and a first round pick we know that was on the table so if you look at this Celtics team forget the six seed forget the playoffs this year you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. These are two studs. These are two players who can be top 10 players in the league going forward. You need to keep them in Boston. You need to keep them happy. And you got to start winning championships. I mean, just with the way the Celtics are historically as a franchise, same with the Red Sox, Bruins, Boston, we we don't like teams that can't contend for titles. It's pretty, it's that simple. Yeah. It's it, it's like the 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 Celtics, the Lakers. There there's few teams in the league that it's just a winning franchise, and they do not accept anything else but winning. So unless you're making every year you're seriously contending, or you're at least striving towards that to contending, the Celtics fans will not will not be happy. And another move that I I wanted to highlight that I just totally did not understand was them letting go of Daniel Daniel Tice, like I. That that move made absolutely no sense to me, and now they have now they just have Robert Williams as their big, and I think he can he can be a great player, but I think just him it, it, it isn't going to be enough. And I actually think that Daniel Tice was a highly underrated player on that team. Great pick and roll, uh, p- p- 
pick and roll uh pick and roll roller gets a lot of gets a lot of rebounds and does the does the gritty stuff man and plays hard so i definitely think that letting go of daniel tice was not not the move for the for the for the boston celtics so i gotta but although with all that being said you know they do have my guy Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and as you mentioned, they're finally being able to put it together. And as we know, Jalen Brown just having a was having like really started the season having ridiculous. So we see what he can do. We see what he's capable of. So when they put it together, they can really be scary. But the only thing is, when are when are they going to be able to put it together? Because usually when they put it together is when Kemba's there, but Kemba's usually not there. Or if he's there, he's having one for eight shooting nights. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you, but I, I got to go with the Celtics being able to keep that six seed only because I don't know if the Heat are going to be able to take it away from two stars like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think you hit on a couple of really good points there. I mean, you look at the first one with the six seed, the first thing we're talking about, Boston City of Champions. No one cares in Boston if they're the fifth seed, the fourth seed, the sixth seed, the seventh seed. We want a playoff run, you know? We're not about this regular season seeding. That doesn't mean the world to me. That doesn't mean the world to anyone in Boston. So, yes, six seed would be great. Do I want to see the Celtics in that playoff game, play-in format? Absolutely not. But that just ain't the objective here. I mean, you're talking about the team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and we're getting excited about them being a six seed, you know? So definitely tough as a Celtics fan. The other thing, I think Daniel Tice, a lot of people upset when he left Boston. And I'm less upset that they traded him because I wanted the minutes for Robert Williams. I wanted him to play more. Granted, he got injured when Daniel Tice got traded. Some bad timing. He's been injury prone, which has been tough. It's more the return for me. If you're going to give up Daniel Tice, you can't get Moritz Wagner back, who they've already cut. It's been like two weeks, and he he was horrible. You want to hear a crazy stat? They played the Lakers, and in the last five minutes of the game, Moritz Wagner was a minus 22. That is like statistically Almost impossible. It pretty much means they were scoring like four or five points every minute. That's outlandish. He got cut the next day. I mean, the Celtics have been, you know, pardon the analogy here, but cutthroat. Daniel Tice gets traded after he misses a potential game winner to the Bucks. So they're playing no games. They're trying to get it solved. But Moritz Wagner, Luke Cornett, you can't give up Daniel Tice and get that back. That's unacceptable. If you're bringing in a serviceable big man or even a good point guard, or a shooter off the bench, that's one thing. Two bumbling white big men who are seven foot and can't shoot and can't move is not it. I mean, you had an upgraded version of that at Tice, and you traded him for two players, and now you've cut one of them, so it's a one-for-one. And I'd be surprised if Luke Cornett was on the Celtics roster next year. Definitely. So, Lucas, you know, one thing one thing I always say when I talk about the Celtics is, you know, I think that the, the Celtics should have made a move uh, before the trade deadline for a guy like Steven Adams for a re- for a real big. And I think that that is what would have got him over the over the edge. You sound like a pretty, you know, avid Celtics fan. So let me know. What do you think is the move that they need to make for them to for to get them over the edge. Cause I think that a player like Steven Adams, or even if they would have been able to get Andre Drummond at the buyout. Ooh, I think that would have been nice. You pair him up with Jason Tatum to, to run that pick and roll. I think that'd be scary, but who do you think the Celtics need to add to their, to get them over the edge? It's such a tough question because not only are you looking at two different positions in need, right? You got a point guard where there is a need for an upgrade if Kemba can't turn it around. I'm not against moving Kemba, moving smart for an established player at the point, but you also need a big man. 
And then not only that, but you're looking at different ages as well, right? Because ideally you'd like to bring in a player that's around the same timeline as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and kind of let them grow into that next big three. But this Celtics team, let's kid you not, they also need a leader. I think this offseason, a player that I was really targeting was CP3 when Kemba Walker's name was in trade rumors, someone that's been there, done that. Even before the trade deadline this year, I was thinking maybe LaMarcus Aldridge, just because he has that experience with pop. He's been in big playoff games. He played with Dame back in the day. You look at that. That's something that's interesting to me. And then on the polar opposite side, maybe someone like a Lori market and someone, you know, who's got, some high potential on the younger side kind of fit in with Brown and Tatum doesn't really give you all the rebounding, but can stretch the floor. So I think that's by far the biggest question facing the Celtics over the next couple of years is do you trade all of these assets, these first round picks? Cause I'm with it. Give up five first round picks. I, I don't care. Give the Oklahoma city package or the Clippers package to the thunder for Paul George ship out the future. I want a championship, but you get that younger player that maybe is going to give you a bigger window, but isn't good or not as good, isn't ready-made, hasn't won a championship before? Or do you go for that veteran where maybe you only got a two- or three-year window, but he's been there, he's done that, and he can help lead this team? So it's going to be an interesting offseason for, for sure for the Celtics. You know, I don't hate the Fournier move at the trade deadline. I would have liked a little more. But something to keep in mind, I mentioned earlier, they traded away Gordon Hayward for nothing and not literally nothing. They got, you know, a max slot in salary cap room, but it's essentially nothing because it expires within one calendar year of the Gordon Hayward trade. So most people were thinking they're going to use this, you know, at the trade deadline where you can trade Marcus Smart and that cap room and theoretically bring back a player whose salary is worth 40 million. That's a max player. That's a star. The question is now in this offseason, how do you use this money, especially when there's this whole weird NBA rule with this sign and trade where you can't actually use the cap room that you have to sign and trade for a free agent with another team. There actually has to be a third team involved and the player has to get traded from this first team to the second team to the third team. So let me give you an example here because, you know, that might have sounded a little bit confusing this offseason let's say the Celtics wanted to go after an Andre Drummond and let's say he was looking for a max slot the Lakers couldn't sign and trade Andre Drummond and trade him to the Celtics which is never going to happen in the first place Celtics Lakers trade let's not get too excited but for the sake of this hypothetical okay they would have to sign Andre Drummond trade him to another team like the Phoenix Suns who would then have to trade Andre Drummond to the Celtics for them to legally be allowed to use this cap space in a sign and trade so we were thinking, you know, NBA trade deadline, they might use it. But now it's looking like in the offseason, they're just going to have to kind of do a straight trade. I think Celtics fans are going to be disappointed, especially when you look at the season that Amayos Turner is having and how impactful he would have been on the defensive end for the Celtics. As not only do you get a big man, you get a player that's young, kind of around the same ages as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Could have been a big piece for the Celtics. And instead, you might be looking at nothing on the other end. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I definitely think that the, the Celtics are one of those teams that, one, it, 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 they can make one power move and they can really take off in these next couple of years, you know, with having two young players like Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown being so dominant and so young, but they could also make one wrong move and be not and not even close to contention every single year and or or not or not even that they're not even close, but they're just in the middle of the pack. And like how you mentioned, you know, to Celtics fans, you might as well be out of the playoffs if you're just going to keep being in the five or six seed every single year. You you just you, it's not it's not no difference to them. If you're not contending, then 
it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter. So I definitely think that the Celtics are a team for us to for us as NBA lovers just to you know watch and see what they do because it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years over there and uh, over there in Celtics. I want to see what Danny Ainge is going to pull up his sleeve, man. Oh man, I think we're all waiting on Danny Ainge. That's kind of the good thing is that they got some pressure. They've been hearing it from jabronis like me, but also you know established media people in Boston. You got their owner coming on major sports stations, basically saying it's unacceptable earlier this season. You've had the Celtics play-by-play announcer calling out the team. So they definitely have some internal pressure to make a move. I'm hoping that they do something, but you got to remember that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are on those second contracts. They're on that extension. We've seen what happens with players like, you know, an Anthony Davis who will sign that first extension, but all of a sudden, you know, you got two years left on that contract and everyone in the world knows that he's going to be traded out of new Orleans. People sleep on the fact that Jalen Brown after this year, he's got two or three more years left on that contract. It's starting to get about that time. He's going to want money. He's going to want to win. Tatum just signed that max. So he's got four years after this. I think one of them's an option. So really you got three, Small window. You got to make a move, a lot of pressure. And at the very least, you got to keep Tatum and Brown because, man, it's tough. You think about like five, seven years ago, Celtics traded KG, Paul Pierce. They disabled the entire core. Ray Allen left, Rajon Rondo. And it was kind of like, ha, the Nets, man. Oh, look at the Nets. They're giving up all these first round picks. They're bringing in Joe Johnson and they can't get it together. And now they're horrible and the Celtics are getting lottery picks. And yes, somehow in 2021, the Nets are in a better spot than the Celtics to win a chip. So there's a lot of external forces kind of driving at the Celtics right now to make a move and step up and be that next team. Yeah, that's the, that, the that's the NBA, man. Anything can happen. Just, you know, one year your team could be at the bottom and the next year your team could be at the top, man. Like, look at the Knicks and the Hawks. Who knew, man? <laughs> oh, I got a little side bet going on with the Hawks right now that they're not going to be a top six team this year. And it looks like that is not going to cash out for me. Audience should have <laughs> faded me on that. Going to lose that one. But I have to say the other team you mentioned, the Knicks. You know how fun it is when basketball is good in New York. I'm from Boston. And I don't like New York, but it's hard to not like New York when they suck. You know, when New York is good, that's when it becomes fun. Same with Philly. I love that Celtics-Philly rivalry. So it's good to see the Knicks back in action. And I'm happy, too, that R.J. Barrett is developing into something. You know, I think there were a lot of questions after that first year. And people slept on R.J. Barrett. That kid's got talent. There's a reason he was a top three pick. I think the Knicks have a bright future as long as they don't kind of Swing for the fences, let's say, in the next year or two. I think they should keep their rebuild, keep bringing in these young players and not just go try and make a huge Bradley Beal trade or something for that one star and give up everything that you've been building for over the last couple of years. Yeah, they definitely they definitely need to need to build it up. And, you know, Lucas, as we as we close here, I, I, I want to bring up something because as you were talking about the Celtics, I kind of had another team that came to, that came to mention is, you know, we talk about the Celtics being so young and, and they got all all these great pieces who can honestly, Jason Tatum could be the MVP of the league in a couple of years. If Jalen Brown really pans out, if plays continues to play this great way, he could be the MVP. My question to you is, do you see any similarity between this Celtics team and that young OKC team with Harden, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook? You know, I, I want to say I, I do, and I think there definitely are comparisons, but 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise you one and ask you a question out of your question, which I know is something you're not supposed to do, but we're having a good time here. We're having fun with it. Let's do it. I think they're comparable to that Thunder team, but the difference is I think a big part of the reason that the Thunder split up is because at the end of the day, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russ, they don't want to be in Oklahoma City. Uh, no disrespect to OKC. They have one of the greatest fan bases out there, but the town – it just isn't sexy. It's not LA. It's not New York. It's not Hollywood. And I'm not putting Boston up with like the Miami, the New York, the LA, but Boston's a good sports town. It's a town you want to be in. So I think they're not going to have that external force. One team that, you know, really reminds me of where the Celtics were at three or four years ago is the Dallas Mavericks, right? Cause you got Luca, you got Kristaps, you got the two stars, Luca's budding, Kristaps too, if you look at just the injury time, he's actually younger in terms of like playing experience in the league. And the thing that the Celtics had when they had Tatum and Brown on these rookie contracts was cap space. They could maneuver. They would bring in a Kyrie Irving, a Gordon Hayward, a Kemba Walker. And, you know, those moves didn't pan out. But looking back on it, can you really hate signing Gordon Hayward as a free agent or signing Kemba Walker as a free agent at the time or trading a first round pick in Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie? Absolutely not. But now you're like, well, they didn't get a championship out of it. That's three max slots. Tatum and Brown are all inked up, so you can't really add around them now. It becomes tough. The Mavs are in this great position for the next three, four years where they got cap space and stars. So these players, these max players that they gonna, are going to bring in, it's going to be make or break for their franchise, I think, very similar to the Celtics. Definitely, definitely. Devin, well, Lucas, man, we really, really appreciate you coming on. You know, we had a lot of fun today. You know, we did this this up down report on on a bunch of different topics in the in in the NBA and uh, us over here at Clutch Talk. We loved you know talking to talking to other people, and especially and uh, people who do podcasts like us over here, man. So. Thank you very much, Lucas, for coming on. As always, you guys, don't forget to to follow uh, Lucas and Lucas and Hangtime Headline Podcast. You know, well, I'll, I'll I'll drop the I'll, I'll drop. You know, actually, as a matter of fact, Lucas, go ahead and drop your uh, Instagram handle and say your Twitter handle and all uh, everything. So everyone, go ahead and go follow that. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I really appreciate coming on. I just want to say, day before the NFL draft, get a chance to kind of step back and toss some NBA. That's that's nice. That's a pleasure right there. We've been head full of mock drafts and this prospect and that prospect and this team trading up. I love kind of remembering that, you know, the NBA playoffs start in two, three weeks. They're coming up. It's about to get in full swing. Very excited about that. As always, you can check us out. Hang time headlines on Instagram, hang and headlines on Twitter. Really just Google search hang time headlines. It's going to come up. All our content's going to be there. Toss a subscription if you want. Follow us on Instagram. We'll hit you with that follow back on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're not going to mess up your ratio, so no need to worry about that. If you like our content, you know, check us out. We got Spotify, too, on all the platforms. And, you know, follow my boys at Clutch Talk. They on the grind. Great podcast. Love the NBA talk, as I mentioned. They doing something great. Everyone out here just working every day, trying to build a brand, build a product, get their voice out there. And it's it's great to share your opinion with someone who loves sports and clearly is well-informed like yourself, bro. I mean, you know what you're talking about with the NBA, which is key. Cause I think a lot of, you know, fans out there, they have trouble even differentiating regular season basketball from playoff basketball. And you know, that that's just a whole nother animal. And we just got into a whole bunch of topics over the last 20, 30 minutes there. It's clear you're informed. It's clear clutch talks got it going on. So toss my boys over there a follow as well. And of course, Hangtime Headline is going to rep the brand, but Clutch Talk, y'all, 
y'all got a good show going on. Y'all got some good content. I'm, I'm hyped to see what you guys are dropping, you know, coming up in the future. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hyped to, I'm hyped to work with you guys. If you guys, you know, want to work together and, and any, anything, anything you guys got going on, because us over here at Clutch Talk, we are, we're also repping over there at hang time, man. So hang time headlines, you guys make sure you guys show, show love, show love, you know, like, like how Lucas said, subscribe, like, leave a comment, man. I promise you go follow their Instagram. They, they, they drop fire, fire posts on Instagram. And, and I, I, I like the reaction videos. I, I, I see you guys got a lot coming from hang time headlines. So I'm excited to see the future, Lucas. So thank you very much, man, for coming, co- coming on. And I can't wait to, to work with you some more in the future. Oh yeah. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. We're going to have some collabs down the stretch for sure. You know, we're going to have to talk again once these playoffs are coming to to an end you know wrapping itself up or maybe even before i mean we we got a lot of topics we just touched on where the door is still open a lot of conversation left so yeah appreciate it looking forward to a future collab and check us out at hang time follow my boys at clutch talk build that brand up and i guess that's all i gotta say i'm out thank you that's it y'all we out of y'all clutch talk out